0: Hello and welcome to the way things used to be. I'm your host, Don Williams. Toys, we grew up playing with them. They helped our imaginations take flight and kept us out of trouble. When we come back, I'm going to talk about the toys I remember from my youth from Evil Knievel and his motorcycle to an easy bake oven that made real baked treats. Hang in there, we'll be right back. So let's talk about some vintage toys from the 60s and 70s. There were lots of them, and we were bombarded with television commercials that made them look spectacular, like the Superman action figure that could fly through the air and break through brick walls with ease. But when you opened up the package, the action figure looked a little smaller than on the commercial and he couldn't fly through the air unless he was in your hand. He had little bionic modules that fit in his limbs and a cool bionic eye that you looked through via a hole in the back of his head. I had a G.I. Joe action figure complete with a footlocker and super groovy 70s style hippie clothes courtesy of Mrs. Westbrook who lived down the street. I guess she needed something to do so she made G.I. Joe clothes. I also had Star Trek action figures like Captain Kirk, Mr. Spock, Scotty and a complete bridge set with a working transporter that spun the characters into oblivion. I also had communicator walkie talkies with flip covers and twin warp sound always fun to play with until the flip lids broke and the telescoping antennas came off they looked nothing like the ones on the tv show and how about that mr spock helmet complete with a twirling red light and a siren that's pretty lame spock never had one of those on the show there was also big jim with his motor home full of camping gear hmm camping gear that doesn't sound like a lot of fun So other toys included the SSP racer with a t-stick and sonic sound, smash-up derby sets from Kenner, Matchbox and Hot Wheels cars, rock'em sock'em robots, boxing robots that knocked each other's blocks off. How about that electric football set that buzzed the players around at random on a metal-like football field? There was also ricochet racers. Those were guns that shot racing cars. Lightbright used colored pegs in a lighted box to make cool designs. Spirograph made really neat geometrical shapes. And then there were games like Gnip Gnop, Pocket Electronic Football and Basketball from Coleco, game consoles like the Atari 2600 and Activision. Lucille Ball Advertised Pivot Pool, a small pool table with a center-mounted pivoting ball shooter. And who can forget the Easy Bake Oven? Not the later ones that resembled the microwave oven. I'm talking about the ones that looked like an old oven with a light bulb that cooked cakes and small sweet treats. Sometimes they came out okay, and other times they were kind of scorched because they cooked too long or the light bulb was too big. That seemed to be the case for me because I had a pesky neighbor girl who always brought them over to me. I was nice about it, but you could smell that they were burned immediately. Ugh. <laughs> There are so many toys that I can't cover them all in this podcast. So sometime down the road, we'll have to do part two. After the break, I'm going to talk about a very popular toy from the 70s that had kids jumping their bikes off of makeshift ramps. This is Evil Knievel and the Evil Knievel shock-absorbing stunt cycle. You can make them do wheelies, backstands, even midair somersaults. And for that big jump, here's Evil, up and over that four-foot ditch. Evil Knievel sold separately or with the Evil Knievel Stunt Cycle from Ideal. Man, oh man, they just don't make toys like that anymore. Evil Knievel and his shock-absorbing stunt cycle. That thing could jump and stay on two wheels almost every time. It came complete with a whining crank to launch it into its next death-defying jump. I was inspired to write this segment by a picture my cousin Kurt Williams sent to me on Facebook Messenger. In this vintage picture from Christmas of 1973, it shows Kurt with his Evil Knievel stunt bike set, complete with a ramp, motorcycle, evil Knievel action figure, scramble van, and stunt cycle launcher. The commercials on TV show kids jumping the cycle in dirt and racing over rocks and debris. Kurt, however, kept his inside because he had a nice open basement to make Evil Knievel history and he didn't want to get it dirty. Which was probably a good thing, because the ones that survived our childhood are worth a small fortune, may you say to the tune of $300 and up. <coughs> memories are so much cheaper. Speaking of memories, I had one of those Evil Knievel stunt cycles and I remember what happened to it. I cranked it so many times that I eventually stripped the gears in the launcher. That was a sad day indeed. The fun and action didn't stop with the Evil Knievel stunt cycle. Kids were inspired, or should I say, influenced by this daredevil to do their own ramp jumping stunts on their bicycles. Kurt tells me that he even broke his arm on his bike shortly after seeing Evil Knievel in person. Not too bad considering Knievel broke almost every major bone in his body multiple times throughout his career. As for me, I've never had a broken bone in my entire life and I plan to keep it that way. Well, I did break one of my toes one time when I kicked the corner leg of a couch, but I don't count that. And lastly, we can't forget the Canyon Sky Cycle. It was the stunt cycle modified to look like the ill-fated rocket that plummeted into the bottom of the Snake River Canyon. This toy jumped ramps and set speed records just like the stunt cycle, but it was a bit more successful than the real one. There's also great videos on YouTube if you need more evil Knievel in your life. And, if you're ever in the Topeka, Kansas area, check out the Evil Knievel Museum. They have a lot of bikes, vehicles, and interactive displays, and the crushed carcass of the Canyon SkyCycle. My cousin Kurt Williams is a big Evil Knievel fan, and I want to thank him for sharing his memories of Evil Knievel with me on this podcast. Thanks a lot, Kurt. Okay, it's time for another round of Name That Sound. Here we go. Did you get that? Let's listen to it again. How about one more time? All right, if you give up, here's what it was. I already told you before that I've got cats and I've got animals in the house that are always causing me issues when I'm recording the podcast. This time around, it was the same cat almost knocked an entire box of mason jars onto the floor in my workshop. It was a close call, but they fared better than the butter dish from last time. Wow, I'm going to have evil Knievel on the brain. I guess I'm going to have to check out some of those YouTube videos. I want to thank you for joining me today on the podcast, and I'd like to hear from you. If you got any comments or if you want to share any memories with me, please feel free to email me at donald9360 at gmail.com. Thanks again for joining me on The Way Things Used to Be, and we'll see you next week.